Welcome to the Spiritual Phoenix Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Cessna, and I bring you a weekly podcast about alchemy, spirituality, magic, mysticism, and more. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and like our videos. What is up, everybody? We are joined with uh, Ambrosia Matthews and Alexa Hauser. Ladies, how are you? Hi. Really well. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Doing well. Staying out of trouble. Keeping busy. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, right out of the gate, uh, I'm going to ask you first, Ambrosia, what are you grateful for today? Uh, Today, what am I grateful for? I like that question. Um... I'm grateful just to be alive. I'm grateful just to have a body that works and have a roof over my head and a family. And I'm grateful for a lot of things. Not every day, but today I'm grateful for a lot of things. So it's, it's nice to, I'm kind of looking at my vision board right now and like a lot of those things um, have manifested. So I'm really grateful for that. Oh, that's amazing to hear. Um, Alexa, how about yourself? What are you grateful for today? Uh, I'm grateful for this new year because I can just feel for me like the energy is different. It feels like a different um, aspect of me has kicked in and I've just really recommitted to myself and committed to um, getting things done and moving forward, which I've had a lot of trouble with in the past. so I'm, I'm really grateful for this new year and all of the new opportunity and new energy that it's bringing. Um, and I'm also very grateful for Ambrosia because, um, you know, oh. <laughs> oh. No, it's true because, you know, she was, I was asked recently what was the greatest gift of 2018. And for me, it was truly meeting Ambrosia because she um, just brought it's like you ever meet someone and suddenly the connection that you have just opens up all these new doors that you haven't kind of quite figured out how to open. Um, And that's what our friendship has done for me. So very grateful for Ambrosia as well today. That's mine as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's that's so sweet. Um, I really like both, both of your answers. Alexa, when uh, we talked last year, you had asked me kind of what my word was for the new year. What What is your word f- for the new year? Oh, love this question because I have, yeah, my word is thrive. Because mm. um, like I said, you know, I, I think in the past I've always come up with reasons and excuses and uh, kind of like objections to why I can't move forward with something, why I can't... Um, pursue something, why I need to wait for something, just reasons to kind of hold me down and keep me safe. And so this year, I very intentionally decided that my word would be thrive because I just imagine it like coming out, like blooming, which is, you know, our podcast name is Inner Bloom, but blooming, kind of opening to life and really um, thriving, like just commit, just committing to, to living a good life and moving forward with the things that I want to see manifest. So thrive. Oh, that's a beautiful word. Ambrosia, how about you? If you had to pick a word for your new year, what would it be? Um, It would be fearless. And that was the same word last year, but I didn't, I don't feel like I quite 
encapsulated everything that I wanted to with that word. Um, just because there's been so, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. There've been so many things that I felt like I wanted to accomplish, but I'm too afraid of what will people think or how will, how will they look at me or, um, just different things that, you know, you don't even realize fear of your own success is a big one mm. that you realize when it starts to happen, you're kind of like, Oh my God, am I worth this? And this year I really want to move into a complete fearless attitude, fearless in the aspect of, um, spirituality, but then also fearless in the aspect of financial independence, which is something that I feel like a lot of people in this community struggle with in particular. So that is something that I definitely want to move into. It's something that I've never done before. So it's scary, but it's also really exciting as well. Yeah, absolutely. All of the good things um, definitely occur outside of the comfort zone and being in this kind of industry as well and trying to be self-supporting, it, it is, uh, it's challenging at times, but I do feel that it'll be rewarding when, when I get there and also when you get there as well. Um, two of the words I actually picked two words I kind of cheated this year um, <laughs> which is cool I picked a uh, root like setting up roots and like really establishing myself and originally I had only picked the word expand but if I expand without being rooted I'm likely to topple over um, and it's Love that. really really interesting the uh, woman I interviewed last week uh, she said that this year was kind of like the year of the hanged man um, just because of numerology, like she didn't reduce the uh, tarot number of the major Ar arcana card. So looking at what the hangman means, it really is about getting a different perspective. And he is kind of rooted, but he's rooted to this upside, upside down perspective and like being patient. And there's this whole element of the tree in the hangman. So mm -hmm. it's like my whole word is tree related. And it was interesting. And then I really kind of see elements of both of those in in your uh, words as well, like kind of the hangman concept. Is the hang, is it patience because the hangman is like just hanging there? What, can you explain that a little more? I'm interested. Yeah. So the patience element of the hangman is because he is uh, just suspended upside down, like just hanging there kind of patiently. But while he's there upside down, he's also getting this different perspective because his world is literally upside down and he's kind of mm -hmm. seeing things in this new light. Um, and there's this sense of uh, calmness in the card as well, if you look at it. Like, um, I don't have my cards handier. I'd hold it up since my camera's still on. Um, but he's just like chilling there. So it is kind of allowing this natural process to take place um, and being comfortable and patient. So like the way that I, I would see Thrive kind of being there is Thrive really relates to my word or my words as well because you might already have established a firmer base and you're in this expansive space, but it's kind of, you don't have to really do anything. It's more or less allowing the process to take over. Mm, yes, that is very, I feel like I needed to hear that this morning as well, because that is very much what I've been feeling. Like, as you're saying, thriving happens when you get out of the way, like thriving is what's natural to us. Right. And I think uh, a big part of my story has been getting in my own way. I mean, we all, we all do but for mm -hmm. me, especially getting in my own way of just what's natural and what's easy. So I like that. Thanks for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I'll say one more thing and I'll ask you some more questions. For me, last year we had talked and a lot of our, our words were like synced up. Like I, I chose the word allow last year or whatever. And it's funny because through the process of allowing life to happen to me and unsuccessfully doing so for a lot of last year as well, like I learned a lot of lessons about getting out of, out of my own way. And then this whole thing with where I'm at now too is understanding that like in order for me to thrive, I kind of have to let the process happen. And part of that process is just um, getting grounded, continuing to do what I have been doing and letting it take over and not trying to change things too much. So it's in, we're like kind of synced up in that capacity. Definitely. Definitely. And I love your word root, like root or rooted because that, that is, it just, it, it makes it feel safe. You know, that if it's like that safety element of like, you're rooted, you're safe, you're secure now, you know, sprout out the top basically, or expand from the top, like now keep going up because we got you. So I really like that. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, it makes me think of like the tree of life picture where the roots are equal to the top of it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking of, actually. That's funny. <laughs> We're synced up. What can, what can I are. say? Yep. <laughs> um, so I guess my next question is going to be, uh, Ambrosia, can you briefly explain who you are and kind of how you started interacting with <laughs> Alexa? Yeah. So... Um, I am a psychic medium and um, I've started channeling. I was not always uh, open to the idea. I've been able to see and connect to spirits since I was five years old, but I was pretty much terrified of it. Um, oh, I would say up until about five years ago. And um, how I met Alexa was through Positive Heads. Um, I heard her on the Friday episodes that she hosts and there was just this and I've tried to explain this before but there was just this urge to email her and tell her the story of how my daughter at the time was was the craziest story um she was recounting my grandmother's life um she was telling my mother and I my mother lives with me or we live together um she was telling my mother and I different aspects of my grandmother that we do not speak about because my mother didn't get along with her. Um, but like details, like what she did for a living. Um, we asked her, what was your favorite thing to do when you were alive? And my daughter said, eat by myself, which is completely very strange. Um, that was correct. And the color of my grandmother's hair, we have no pictures of her. So like just different things like that. So that, and if you guys want to listen to that episode, um, you could probably hear about it, but it's like, a, it's a very long story. Um, so anyway, this went on for about a year and I wanted to message the show to let them like to kind of be on the show. Well, Alexa and I started chatting and it was this urge to keep talking to Alexa. It sounds crazy. It literally sounds like I felt like I was stalking her. Because I was like, okay, no, I need to talk to her again. No, I need to talk to her one more time. Okay, I need to email her. And I remember like being so split between leave her alone, leave the poor woman alone, (laughs) and being like, no, I just need to talk to her one more time. And then it was, it just kind of, it was the strangest thing because I was like, do you just want to come to my house? And, she, <laughs> and surprisingly, she was like, yeah. 
And I think we were both like, what the hell is happening? Like, <laughs> like it was such a strange occurrence because we had never met in real life. We had known each other, talked on the phone and through email probably what, like two months at the time? Yeah. Before you came to my house. And I remember at one point, like my husband was like, is she safe? Like, is this person okay to come to our house and like meet our kids? And I was like, yeah, she's the best. And he's like, do you know her? And I was like, no, but she's like amazing. And he's like, okay. And so it was just like this very weird faith, like everything's going to turn out well. And then we just started talking about having a podcast and like, how fun this was to talk about and it just bloomed into that but it was it was definitely one of those relationships where you just don't want to get rid of the person you just like want to be around them all the time and we would message all day every day which was pretty pretty crazy that's awesome it's cool it's cool to hear like what it would be like to meet somebody like that. Cause in my area, I still haven't like met that person like dialed into spirituality, like me locally. And I'm sure that it'll happen eventually. Um, it's cool to hear that story. And if you uh, send me the link for that episode where you kind of go into detail of your story more, I'll post it in the description too. So people can check it out. Okay, great. Cool. Um, Alexa. So can you briefly explain who you are and like your side of this story? <laughs> Oh, I would love to. Um, Yeah, so I am a, what am I? Well, I grew up um, really fascinated by stuff like this, really fascinated by, um, I wouldn't say spirituality, but I really love the idea of like, you know, being able to read minds or tell the future or just, just stuff like this. I loved that idea. Magic, you know? And uh, we were just talking the other day about that book, Matilda by Roald Dahl. Like I thought that was the coolest thing ever, how this character could move things with their mind, et cetera. But you know, like I was really talked out of that over the years by just people around me saying, you know, this is just like, it's not real, et cetera. And um, anyway, um, I used to work in the music industry. I've always been extremely creative. Um, I was working in the music industry. uh, I don't know how long ago it was. I was working there like four years ago and I was running myself into the ground. I was taking a very high dosage of Adderall, which like was just not allowing me to sleep or eat or anything. I was extremely stressed out. I was just in a very bad state and not really listening to myself at all. And uh, anyway, this thing happened where I ended up in the emergency room because my left side of my face like like expanded to the point it was cutting off my airway and no one could explain what, what, what was happening. And it happened twice in a period of three weeks. And the second time it happened, something just like woke me up and was like, you need to eat different. You need to get off Adderall. You need to get out of this business. You need to meditate. Like all these downloads just came in. And suddenly my life drastically shifted. Like it's like I took, I took a hard right and um, started just getting very into spirituality, investigating all of this stuff, you know, that I used to be into when I was little, but really taking it seriously this time. I found the po- the Positive Head podcast, which Ambie's talking about. Uh, it really helped me through like some really tough times of my kind of awakening and uh, cut to, and you know, I found Abraham Hicks and Abraham Hicks just 
totally blew my mind about how we create our own reality. And then cut to, I think it was maybe like half a year later, I started helping out with the Positive Head podcast. And then several months after that, I had this idea to create a segment of the show in which we would interview the listeners. I thought that would be a really good idea. And I pitched it to Brandon, the host of the show. And he was like, yeah, why don't you do it every Friday? And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like I want to take a day off of hosting anyway. I have so much going on. Why don't you just take it over? And I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting that, but awesome. Because I've always been, I wanted to create a podcast. I wanted to be a host. I've always been like a writer, um, you know, very into like my own narrative and very interested in people and psychology and all that. So anyway, I was like, cool, this is great. Well, about, I don't know six weeks into doing that, I got an email from Ambi Ambrosia. And she was like, hey, I'm the person who had that story uh, on the podcast several months ago about her daughter being the reincarnated soul of her grandmother. And I remember <laughs> this story exactly because Ambie had written into the show and Brandon had read on the show um, that same story that Ambie referenced. And I remember hearing that and being like, that is so cool. Wow. Like, that is awesome. <laughs> so when she emailed me, something in me just lit up. And I remember I even told my cousin, I was, t I told my cousin at the time, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> this girl, and I emailed me, I can't wait to, and she, and my cousin was like, I feel really good about this. Like something really good is going to happen with this. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just am so excited. So we talked on the phone. We recorded the interview and we just really, it was like we were just, it was just so natural with each other even right then. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. So we hung up and then um, a couple of days later, I got an email from Ambie that was like, <laughs> this is really weird, but do you have an uncle who is deceased or has passed? And I was like, uh, an uncle and we kind of go back and forth on this and eventually turns out that like my great uncle on my mom's side was like coming through to Ambi for me and um, she just kind of kept bringing through some messages like that and I thought it was awesome I was like yes every time she emailed me I was like this is the best this is like my dream come true because when I first got into Abraham Hicks I remember thinking this is the coolest thing ever if I could experience this in my life this would be just the coolest just this would be just the dream mm, and so then we started talking more and more. And then um, when <laughs> the interesting thing that really happened, which Ambie didn't really go into was when, as we got closer and would talk more and more and Ambie would be helping me with some things and I'd be helping her with some things. One time she was giving me a little reading on the phone and I was asking her a question and she was like trying to bring through the information, but all of a sudden she's like, hold on a second. And then her voice changed and she said something like, when Alexa speaks, we are here. When, uh, when we speak, Alexa is here. Like we are always here or something like that. And then she, it came through very fast. And I immediately was like, that wasn't her. What was that? And Ambie was like, oh my God, oh my God. And she freaked out. Like, cause it was just like, she had let this, she had channeled like spontaneously right there. And it was from that point that we discovered this entity that is Ambie's guide and is also my guide named John, who he's an Arcturian being. He's a guide and he, um, that's who Ambie channels. <laughs> and um, it was that's this good. amazing that's like good. Abraham Hicks moment that actually happened to me and to Ambie, but it, it happened. And now we talk to 
him mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, I always and forget to mention he helps with quite a know, bit and he's helping with their part. podcast quite a bit. And just gloss over um, that. No big deal. so anyway, Stop. I never thought it's that Ambie was stalking me. I actually loved every single time yeah. that I got a message Sorry, from her. I, I was like the greatest thing ever. I would get I so excited. And knows, uh, yeah, it just felt like we were supposed to do something together. And now we are. So. Yeah. John. Yeah. Yeah, right? You're like sliding your guide there. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to have the understanding of that. Um there's a lot there's a lot a lot of different directions that I want to go there. Um I guess I'll talk about my guide because I feel I feel like I got gypped yeah. in some way. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> so uh, I was doing this uh, meditation to kind of meet my spirit guide at one point. And the, the image that came up for me uh, was like a mushroom, right? Like that was like a symbol of it. And then it told me that its name was Mushin. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay, like that's cool. And then I didn't really think much of it. It kind of had like this um, <laughs> Asian type presence. And then I eventually looked it up and Mushin actually is a word in yeah. Asian culture. And it means no mind. So basically my guide is like, yeah, just don't think about stuff. Like clear your mind and everything will fall. Like really? (laughs) Like everybody else gets cool stuff. Like and mine's just like, you got to be clear, man. (laughs) Yo, I think that's a really cool, like, first of all, it has a really cool name, Mushin. Because like we're always like, why is it John? That's so boring. Like, can it be something really cool? And, but also like, how do you talk to your guide a lot? Like, do you connect with him or was that like, or what's your relationship? It really is just about getting out of my own way and like Mm -hmm. kind of this process. So it really is similar to mushrooms, which is this whole other tangent that I could go into, but uh, mushrooms are really about like decomposing things. They feed on decomposing things and they have this very interesting life cycle overall so like anytime I walk and I see a mushroom I'm like oh that's a sign that like I'm doing the right thing or if I see mushrooms in in the real world in some Mm. weird place it's like that's a a signpost I guess but it really doesn't do anything beyond that (laughs) like it really is just like get out of your own way dude clear yourself and then um colonize is kind of what it's called when a mushroom is taking over a a space like colonize and then release spores and expand (laughs) Mm. I just realized now that my words for this year are actually kind of relative to a a mushroom, but in a, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking that too, root and expand. (laughs) No, see, that's like the thing. I don't even know what the hell like I'm doing half of the time. I'm just going (laughs) off of intuition and then like it makes sense later on. (laughs) No, no. None of us do. Sometimes I'll, I'll be so honest. Like sometimes it's funny to me because like we were just talking about this the other day. Ambie will still like to me, I'm like, oh, Ambie can speak to spirits and um, can speak to her guides all the time and can speak to John whenever. Right. And and well, it's funny to me, first of all, because sometimes we'll be talking and she'll be like, oh, my God, I just had this experience and I don't know what it was. And da, da, da. I'm like, well, did you ask your guides? And she's like, 
oh no, I didn't. I'm like, well, why? Like it's sometimes like the most obvious things to me. Ambie just kind of glazes right by. So it's interesting. But my perspective of Ambie is like someone who's like super open, I'd say, or like connected to, to the spirit world. I, I always am like, wow, you, you have so much, um, you have so much access and insight, like you must know exactly what you're doing type of thing. But it's been really no, an interesting right. learning Don't experience know. for Don't me that even Ambi no like My still goes through so many funny. times where she know. sometimes doesn't like, even because, think what's happening is actually yeah, real or legitimate. Like, like she has to verify that constantly. And it's, it's ago, just, like, so it's an I interesting perspective. Even the ones who kind of have it figured out, like still don't. Sorry, Andy, if I should get a new car or if we should fix this one. And he's like, don't you feel like that's kind of a waste of resources? And I was like, what? I can relate to that. What do you mean? And he goes, you're going to channel an all-knowing being to ask him about your car. And I was like, that's true. And he's like, that's offensive to him. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. So it's, it's <laughs> that type of mentality. It's like, I don't want to abuse it. You know what I mean? Um, but also just knowing sometimes that, yeah, I, I don't even think, and I think it's because I normalize it so much that I don't even think, but I do have like full on arguments with my guides, which I feel like is hysterical. Like, like I, I really must sound crazy, but I will, they'll be like, grab your purse when you go into the store. And I'm like, no, I don't need my purse. I just need my wallet. No, grab your whole purse. No, I don't need it. And then I don't do it and I need it. And I'm like, damn it. And they're like, well, what are you going to do? And so it's like, it's like this whole situation is so normal to me that I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. And everything seems like it's falling apart um, as if I don't have anybody to ask or as if I don't have that connection. And there are still moments where I feel like I'm so alone in this journey. So it's, it's, it is interesting <laughs> that we all feel that way, no matter how seemingly connected someone is. <laughs> yeah, that could be. That very well could be. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually part of the process overall too, like is to kind of feel that one of the things that came up in, in both of you talking really is I've never actually consciously made it an effort to really ask my guide questions either. So that might be why like I don't get any information from it. <laughs> that is, I literally feel like I'm, the, I feel like I am the spokesperson for asking your guides questions because it's all I ask people. I'm like, did you ask? Because to me, I'm like, I just want to know what, what were we doing? Oh, we were recording an episode of our podcast the other day and we had a listener reading on or a listener on for a reading and our, the listener. And so Ambie's trying to give her a reading. And then all of a sudden she's like, I'm sorry. Do you have like a friend or something who is in spirit? And the listener was like, uh, what's he like? And she's like, he's like a bad boy. And he's like, he seems like this kind of vibe. And the listener's like, oh, yeah, that would be my <laughs> ex-boyfriend from a long time ago. And Ambie's like, 
oh, okay. Um, and then she's like, yeah, he's just like really insistent. On, like he's here and he's whatever. And she's like, yeah, that's, that's him. And she's like, okay, just so we got mm-hmm. that sorted out. And then they start moving on. I'm like, what does he want? And everyone's like, oh yeah, what does he want? And it's just funny because I, I, what's ringing in my head is, and I don't know who I've heard this from, but I, I actually think it was Tony Robbins who said, it, it's like, until you learn to ask better questions, you won't get better answers. And mm. so I feel like it is really all about what questions we ask and what we think to ask. Cause we're so used to like, well, mm. you know, we, we think like, well, if they have something to say, they're going to say it to me. But it's really like what I've, I've learned from talking to John is like, John's not going to tell me anything unless I ask it because me asking is like basically giving the permission. It's saying, I want to know, and I want to grow in this way. So please help me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's a really, really good point. (laughs) And it's interesting. Like so much of my life has been built upon learning to communicate differently with myself um, with other yeah. people that it's like a, a rational thing to be like, I have to learn how to communicate with this. And, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm a really bad conversationalist to my guide. Like, it's probably like, dude, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're sitting here doing all yeah. this stuff. I'm not advising like any of it. What, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> 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 right. Yeah. Ask better questions. I mean, it's to, for me too. ask better questions. And I feel like I if we can get weird. into this practice really of just asking the question, then we'll yeah, get better really at was. hearing the answer. I would like to too. say I wasn't, but I, I was a really weird Yeah, kid. That is a really, um, really good point. Um, I remember so being on, on this whole topic, having people when did you kind of first notice ambrosia that you had um, and I remember a gift? You're like, I, like were you a weird kid? I guess might be a It's a long story, but essentially I was adopted um, at a very young age. So I had a lot of abandonment issues. So I would lay in bed at night and be like, mom. And she'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, just making sure you're still here. Like, that's not normal. But um, I remember hearing all of these people and running into my mom's room. And she was like, what? What's going on? And I'm like, um... I just want to sleep with you. And she's like, why? And I remember telling her a couple times, like, cause I can hear people that aren't in my room or I can, I can mm-hmm. feel people that aren't there. And she thought I had schizophrenia and she was like, Oh my God. And my birth mother has uh, like a lot of mental issues. So she was really concerned. Like she has these issues. And then um, I guess, I learned at a very young age from my mother, God bless her, not to talk about it because she would tell me things like, people are going to think you're crazy. Um, Mm. Don't tell anybody about that. Like it scares people. And to be very honest, it scared the hell out of her. Like I found out later now in life that it really freaked her out. And so when I was a teenager, it really became clear to me what was happening. I remember, well, I had a woman that my first job She told me that I was psychic and that I was a medium and explained the difference between the two. And I had another gentleman tell me that I was going to be able to see spirits when I was older. And I thought, holy shit, I don't want to do that. I got to shut this down. So (laughs) because I thought like it's going to look like the sixth sense and I am not ready for that. Um, So I remember I would pray in my bed at night, like, please don't let me see anything. Please don't let me see anything. Um, But anyway, fast forward to high school, I was 
um, like a party girl in high school, not the greatest. <laughs> and we were at a party. I grew up in uh, San Diego. We were under a freeway passing. And I remember standing there watching, like in my mind's eye, but it looked like a movie that I was watching. So I knew it hadn't really, ha- like it wasn't currently happening. Watching a woman being pulled over by a police officer. The way that the police car was, it looked like it was in the 50s or 60s. And it was just, I knew, I just knew it was in the 50s or 60s. He raped her and threw her body over the side of the freeway. And then you see like a time lapse and there's a man standing on the side of the freeway debating on jumping. And I just knew that it was her father. And I was like, what the hell am I looking at? Like what just happened? And then two kids come up to me and they're like, did you guys hear what happened here? And I was like, shut up. Don't say one word to me. Don't tell me what happened. And I pulled two of my friends over to the side and I told them what I have, what I was watching. And they said, how do you know this? And I pointed and I was like, because I'm watching it happen right there. And they all were like, whoa. And then I was like, okay. And I signaled the guy to come back over and I was like, tell us what happened. And sure enough, down to the detail that he explained what happened there. And it's her parents actually, her dad didn't kill himself, but her parents actually did um, pass a law stating that if you get pulled over by a police officer, you have the right to pull over in a well-lit area, in a public area. And the name of the law is after her name. I don't remember what it is now. Oh, wow. But it was crazy to watch that. So that's when, that's when other people started to kind of believe like what I was seeing, because how, how would I know that? Right. So I don't do, I've had a couple of other instances happen. I don't do anything else with it. Um, until my brother passed away and my brother and I, he actually lived with my biological mother. So him and I were not close. We didn't grow up together. Um, He was in a gang. He was very into drugs. Um, I didn't really want him anywhere around my kids or my life. The night he died, I have never had, up until very recently, I've never had a migraine that bad. And I was actually debating on like going to the emergency room. And my sister calls me, who was very close to him, and was like, Aaron's passed away. And I said, I can't talk right now because it was so intense. And I realized he was showing me how he died. And so I said, Aaron, make this stop. I can't handle this. Sure enough, it stopped. So I thought, I just need to go to bed. I can't, I can't handle this right now. So I went to bed, woke up the next morning and I said, okay, I surrender. I give up. I'm not afraid. Show me what you need to show me. He showed me how he passed away. He showed me who was in the car with him. He showed me which person I needed to connect to. And when I called, he had many girlfriends, which was a very awkward funeral. But when I called his, one of his girlfriends that he wanted me to connect to all of the information, I said, he's showing me a teddy bear and he's handing it to you. And he had given her a teddy bear the day he died. How would I, and I detail like the little ribbon that was on the teddy bear. Um, the, the wildest thing. So he was murdered. 
Um, he was murdered, murdered by a rival gang. And um, I say it like it's no big deal. Anyway, um, he, sh- she was being threatened at the time as well. So she had actually left this state, his girlfriend. Didn't tell anybody, including me, where she was because they were threatening her mother. They were threatening, threatening different family members. It was a big deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said to her, he's showing me a wooden box and he put it under your bed and it's like, then he's flexing and I don't know what that means. And so she said, Ambie, there's no way that he put anything under my bed because I'm not even at my house. She's like, I'm not even in the state. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, but like, go look, uh, just appease me. Go look under your bed. So she goes and looks under her bed. And sure as shit, there is a wooden box under her bed with a picture of him flexing inside of it. I have no idea how it got there. She has no idea how it got there. But there's no way I could have known that on just sheer guessing. So my brother really is the one that like teached, taught me how to really trust myself and that I'm not making this up. Like this is despite my best efforts, this is something that I was met here to put on this earth to do to help people. So. Absolutely. Wow. That's, that's super intense. How do you. (laughs) I was definitely a weirdo. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Wow. Those are some incredibly amazing experiences. Um, Yeah, I can definitely say that you were a weird kid. And I mean that with all all the time. (laughs) I have to agree with you. Um, (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. (laughs) That's a good thing. I'm weird too. So I'm still weird now. And I was weird as a kid. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And then I'm going to ask you the same question, Alexa. Okay, cool. Are you facing questions with no answers or seeking an escape from persistent problems? Then enlist the Oracle at Mushin. The Oracle at Mushin provides high quality tarot and life coaching services at affordable prices. Quickly and easily book online with the link in our description. Our listeners get a 10% discount off the Oracle at Mushin's already low prices. Use code OFF10. That's OFF10. Seek the solution today. All right, we are back with round two of all of this. Everybody's all situated, right? Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Alexa, are you a weird kid? And real quick before you answer, I want to say that that question is actually uh, taken from Gordon White's Rune Soup. I used to ask, like, were you, did you have a different childhood? But I like the way he phrased it better. Are you a weird kid? So not, <laughs> not my thinking, but. Um. Yes, <laughs> I was a weird kid. I mean, I feel, gosh, I feel like everyone was a weird kid. But yeah, I, I was a weird kid. Um, I was an only child and my parents both worked in the news. So my mom was a news reporter. My dad was a uh, cameraman. And um, th- so my life when I was little was very um, inundated with like 
dark, heavy things. Um, like just, just a lot of that, you know, fires, murders, all of those things. And I just remember being so sensitive to it and crying whenever my parents would try to turn on the news because they wanted to catch up on work. And I just felt very, I didn't like that energy really at all. Um, but uh, I was an only child. And since my parents worked so much, uh, when I was six, they got me an au pair. And an au pair, for those who don't know, is someone from, it's like a, usually, a, you know, like a teenage or early 20s um, year old uh, girl, or I guess there's male au pairs, but I had all girls, um, who comes from another country to the United States and they live with you as like a live-in babysitter, basically a live-in nanny basically for one year. Um, so the visa only lasts a year and then you get a new one. And I guess, um, there are probably other au pairs that can stay longer, but the program that my parents were using, they could only stay one year. So when I was six and I got my first au pair, she was from France. And that was awesome for me because she was all into art and playing and just like make-believe. And I just remember she was so magical and just brought out all the creativity in me. Um, and then after a year, she had to leave. And then the next au pair came in and she was from Denmark and she was like a whole different vibe, but she was still really cool. And the first few au pairs I just loved and was so attached to, you know? And then I remember after the fourth one left, it was like the fourth one when she left, it was like something in me was like, no, I'm done. Like I'm done with this heartbreak. Like, you know, because I was, like I said, I was an only child. My parents were working a lot. I was very attached to these girls, like very, very deeply. I mean, it, they felt like my sister, like my best friend. And then suddenly they were gone. And then a whole new girl would come in with from a complete, each one was from a completely different country, mind you. So they had all new ways of like eating, cooking, being, talking, everything that I had to get used to. And it was just this ongoing cycle of attaching and loss and adjusting to something new and then attaching again and then lost and then resentment and all of that. So, um, you know, I had quite a few, I, abandonment has also been a big, big theme in my life. And, um, and I guess like, yeah, then when I started getting older, I just really wanted to focus on not being, not being weird. <laughs> like when I was younger, I was definitely really silly and funny and creative and I wanted to be an actress and I was just always kind of putting on plays and stuff. And then as I got older, um, I just really didn't want to be weird. And I remember having so much social anxiety and feeling like I was different and feeling like I wasn't accepted and feeling like um, I just wanted to fit in. And then I went through <laughs> bullying. I went through like a bullying phase of my life where uh, I was being bullied and I had to switch schools actually because I was like receiving these death threats from this girl. Oh, wow. Um, which is funny because like, it's funny to think about that now, but yeah, which forced me to change schools. And when I changed schools, um, I changed to this like private school and <laughs> then it was this whole new level of standing out and not knowing how to fit in. And so that was just, you know, that was, that's been a big theme of my life of feeling like, um, just, just like, I don't want to be weird. I don't want to stand out. I want to blend in, but at the same time, I want to be special and I want to be acknowledged. And so that's why, uh, you know, this, everything that's happening now is, it's so interesting and it's, it kind of brings it full circle because, um, this is maybe one of the quote unquote weirdest <laughs> things <laughs> to some people, um, that, 
could be happening or that I could be doing. And it's a real challenge or it's a real, it's a real, not a challenge. I don't want to say it like that. It's a real, it's an opportunity and also a challenge for me to really kind of step <laughs> up and trying to be okay in. with who no I am deal. and be okay <laughs> with what I'm into and what I believe and just know and just believe in that and move forward in that regardless of what I think other people think. And, and also to allow myself to finally stand out, time. like I allow was, uh, myself to I be unique like and allow other people to, to perceive sure that, that how they will, but to feel good about times, what I'm doing. Why. Absolutely. I, I, I definitely know. relate to that. I, I have know. a question so for both of you. Um, so for me, so like, like being a weird kid and then trying to act normal, it actually made me seem weirder to people because yeah, I'd like, like try to like do like the most people normal people things own. out there. And I, and I would like, do it in like such a weird way. Um, and is that an experience and like of you kind of bad? Behind her were like, do it again, do it again. And she's um, like, I will kill you. Well, I was just going to say something that you just reminded me of was when I was little, I was always around adults, you know, because like I was either around my parents or around these au pairs. So like I said, they were like in the early 20s or, you know, when I was like a young kid. And my my job to make sure that everybody My parents used to tell me that I used to, when like um they would bring people over from work, I would just start... I would just start talking about like <laughs> men and women yeah, and like we, how the birds exactly. and the bees work. And I would just start talking about <laughs> like penises <laughs> because I think, I think I was exposed to that somehow at some point. And then my parents got me one of those children's books that explains how it works so that I, you know, they talk to me about it, but it wasn't like, so. And so I would just like bring up the most adult things in front of other people. And they said that like, <laughs> Yeah, just like, yeah, so, and that those, those people, like, I scared them off. They would literally like, get up and leave, <laughs> which maybe had a lasting mark on me. I don't know, <laughs> but, but yeah, I was definitely weird in that way, so. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> this is a big deal, everybody. <laughs> Kids are. <laughs> that that is amazing. <laughs> Alexa's telling people about penises Judging. and you're making yeah. sure everybody has underwear. On. Yeah, we were on the same page, apparently. I think it's also Yeah, you were like, fighting the good that, fight. Yeah. Like, why do we judge each other as adults? You know what I mean? It shows a reflection or a part of you and you're kind of I like, can't think of like I any specific like instance because my whole like childhood was weird, myself, but like so I'm going to make similar things to, to y'all, I'm sure. Um I just remember and when I tried to act like normal, like school. people were like, dude, that is so middle weird. Like, what are you doing? F that place. <laughs> anyway. Um, like what? Was it was just things that you would say or just like your vibe? Everything about me was just awkward. And like, like I remember, uh, this is one specific example. I remember um, moving from fourth grade to fifth grade and it was like a big deal to me or whatever. But I had like dressed up in like a college graduation gown. <laughs> Everybody else was just Where did you like, get that? My mom had just gra graduated from business college or whatever. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> so like everybody else is like, everybody else is just like, yeah, going on to this regular thing. I'm like, it's a graduation. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to take this seriously. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? That's Get so cute it's, it's it's cute now and it was like endearing to older people but to kids it's like you weird bastard i know that's what i was just thinking i was like man kids are so mean because like when we're we're thinking about like we're reflecting now we're like oh how cute what a sweet like sentiment and kids are just like you know but like why do you think that is like that kids are so like you know because they learn from their parents <laughs> yeah i guess so <laughs> no, uh, Mm, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like I do that. I feel like I do that a lot, like with my younger cousin. She's like six years younger than me, but we feel we're very close. And she's going through right now a lot of things that I went through, which feels like a lifetime ago, but it it wasn't. It was probably like six years ago. Um, and she's going through all that stuff now and I get so frustrated with her. And then I realize I am frustrated because I'm, I feel like I'm having to relive mm. some of those things that are painful that I like, feel like I've stored away or I've pushed away or I've pushed down so that I don't have to think about them anymore. And she just brings them right back to the surface. And I'm like, Oh, and, but I, I'm slowly realizing mm. more and more. It's like, well, this is for, it's coming to you for a reason. Like it's coming to you for you to love it and accept it and, and, and accept it as a part of you that you're seeing, you know? So. That's a really good perspective on it. Um, so there's two things that I want to say to like, so for me, like, I think civility is a learned behavior and it's interesting because we come into this world, like as close as we are to spirit until we get older, until we cultivate that relationship, but also as, um, most ingrained in our primal instinct as possible. So until we're really cultured and kind of learn other ways to react, kids don't have a lot of, um, they have the deepest level of compassion and empathy, but also the deepest level of like primal dickishness, I guess is, is <laughs> what I would call it. Um, so that yeah. that's like kind of my take on it. And then I really like how you brought up about like kind of seeing other people go through stuff and, it, it evoking something in you because it's like a different way for you to find peace with that element in yourself. So as somebody who's had to do like a lot of personal work just to be able to like function on like a somewhat, um, just to be somewhat functional, I guess, as an adult, like I've had to change a lot of behaviors. And then through interacting with my family, seeing a lot of those behaviors that for me were incredibly toxic and hindered my ability to navigate life. Um, seeing that is really, really difficult and painful for me, but also understanding that it's kind of like this way for me to make peace with it and like move past it, but also not to like, to allow them their own process and not to try to minimize or navigate them mm -hmm. through it, I guess, in some ways, unless they actively are seeking suggestions. Mm -hmm. Which is challenge, which is it's, that's the challenge. 
in, in allowing that person to, that's exactly what I go through with my cousin, because like, part of me is like, I just want to save you from this, which I realize is my attempt to save myself. You know, I just want to save my, I want to save this version of myself, the pain. I don't want them to go through it again. But then I keep having this awareness that's like, but would you rob someone of their lesson? Would you, would you have even robbed yourself of that lesson? However many years ago, knowing where it's brought you now would, how do we learn? Like we can't avoid all of the pain because the pain helps us learn. So it's, it's really interesting, you know? That's a really good point too. Uh, somebody said something to me at one point, or I heard it on a, uh, something I was listening to, and it was specifically about recovery because I'm in recovery from, uh, the use of substances, but they said, I wouldn't give you recovery because I wouldn't want to rob you of the experience uh, of cultivating it for yourself of like mm. that whole process of change and committing yourself to developing yourself on such a deep level. Like, and I never viewed like trying to help people navigate through their own um, things that cause me pain as that. But now that you frame it that way, it really is. It's like, shortchanging them on their own journey and, and robbing them of the richness of personal development because it is per some people like to wallow in their own shit too. And they're completely like comfortable yeah. with it. So, yeah, I actually, now that you bring that up, I had this realization last night where I, how can I explain this? I was, I forget what gave this uh, idea to me, but I don't know. I was listening to something where it was talking about some woman, um, some woman like lost her husband or something. And then she just kind of kept her, her way of relating to people after that was just to keep telling that story over and over and over again, and no matter how many years passed to tell it to other people about how she's lost this person and how, you know, it's just like just on loop. Right. And, and the end, how, you know, by telling other people, what I, what I perceived from it was like, okay, so we tell, we have these sad things that happen or these contrasting things that happen. And then what do we do? We go through a process where we tell that story for a while. We know, you know, it can be different time periods, but we tell that story for a while. And what are we doing when we tell that story? Well, that story is helping us get something that we think we need, right? So for, in that example, why would this woman tell the story for years and years? Because she's getting sympathy. Mm. She's getting connection. Really, she's getting love and connection from other people. And she needs that at that point. So you tell these stories over and over and you stay in that loop because it gives you something that you need until one day you realize, I got that. I'm good. I got it now. So now mm. I want something else, right? And it was just making me think of how like actually these stories that we tell these, these limiting quote unquote limiting stories, they, they do serve us in certain ways. They do serve us because they're our, our path of least resistance to get something that we feel that we're missing. Otherwise we wouldn't be telling the story. So mm -hmm. we tell that story until we're ready for something else. Right. And we move on from that. And I'm trying to think of how what you said just triggered that. I'm not really sure. I forget, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I, it was just kind of a powerful realization for me of like, oh, wow, like there's stories that I've been telling for a while. So I must be getting something that I need from them that I think I need from them. And how can I look at them in maybe a different way? And, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to move on from telling these stories and tell a new, tell a new one. So I agree with that too. And like, I, I like the way that you framed it because we, we definitely do get stuff from these stories, but like, I have such a hard time agreeing with like the new age concept of, mm -hmm. of telling new stories because sometimes you can tell the story, not even for your own 
um, satisfaction because it's a painful story to tell, but so other people that might be further um, behind in their development can find identification and recognize that through that process, you were able to get to where you are today. Mm-hmm. Like for me talking about like being in a psych ward throughout various periods of my life and like being completely destroyed it no longer really has the same weight that it carried to me. Like it's not really a big deal. Like I can, I can joke about it, <laughs> but yeah. for other people, it's very important for them to hear this dude was completely crazy at one point. And I, I use that term lightly. There was a time when that word would have been no, really insensitive for me, me to hear somebody sometimes say it I just in the context of the music. I like to relax, now. Um, and but, sometimes I put myself on mute. And now he's like, He's so, written a book. Right. He's writing his second um, book. He's doing I all really of this like, stuff. So that I, can I give me hope to get like there. So, the I mean, it's being brought up and reframing the story, but I also I think that people can really lose sight like, of where they came from and that you need to remember. Um, I was in a dark place like, for a really long time. Like, so I, I, I find so about, much of the new age stuff unhealthy if it's misunderstood and it's, it's often told in very encapsulated bite-sized forms that can be more damaging to some people. At least some of it was really damaging to me. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah. But like, I, and I, I actually agree with I you. I think it is like, very important to like tell where you came from. And I think you, relate you, you to hit on it and right there, say, which hey, is that I've it's all about the energetic the charge that it ha- carries for you. It will because get if better, you are still hope. in this deep pain and you continue to tell that hope. story, that's like kind of Everything what I was referring to in this example is this woman is just continuing to put herself through the pain over and over again because it gives her something that she needs and she doesn't know how to get it otherwise. For you, it's like you're saying the charge has changed around it. And now it's a part but of your you purpose. Now someone, it's a part of, of what like lights you up, right? Mm-hmm. Your transition, your transformation. No so the and charge for you is different in it. And I think that's absolutely so important. So important in helping, other, like you said, helping other people feel like, wow, I can relate to this guy. Or wow, this guy really inspires me because he was where I was and look at what he's doing now. You know what I mean? So inspiring. I definitely, I definitely. That's, agree that's a really good point, Ambrosia. If you want to jump in, I feel like I've edged you out somewhat. But I also think that a lot of the times people have really good intentions, but what they what they come across can be offensive. But it's all about your perspective, and it's all about how you're receiving that information. And I feel like once you understand that it's not nothing's about you, nothing's personal, it becomes a lot easier to digest everything. Because you could be offended by everything you hear. But <laughs> and you should be. But once you but once you realize that it's not personal, it's always about the other person. It's always about someone else. <laughs> then it becomes less, less offensive. For example, I my mother and I have such a fun relationship. Um, we get in an argument at least twice a day. It's a good time. And, um, we are working on just communicating with each other. I literally said, Hey mom, when you commented on my Facebook page, you commented on my profile and like under me. And she was like, how do I do that? And I was like, I have no idea, but it's pretty funny because I said I wouldn't be at an event I'm hosting. So it's kind of funny. And she was like, Oh, I guess I just can't do anything right. And I'm like, what the hell's happening? What's going on? We're going downhill quickly. So it's, it's one of those examples where you can be offended by everything or you can understand that that person's <laughs> intentions are noble and they're trying to help.
Mm, yes, yes, they do. They do. And I also think it shows a reflection of. Mm. It shows a reflection of the change I'm that's happening that, no. and the process that's, <laughs> that's going through. And you see that transition from I'm starting to look at you or I have looked at you as someone that really knows what's going on and really look up to and really look for the answers to. And instead that transition is happening to, I don't look at anybody like that. I view myself as really, okay, I don't <laughs> have the answers yet, but I'm discovering it. Right. And I think that's the whole process of life. That's the whole purpose of being here. But sometimes it scares the people that we're closest to, because if you, if they feel like you don't have the answers, then what is your relationship now? <laughs> I love that. Subject to revision. I love that. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think, I think that that's as a, mom, a very, very good that, point. Like, I have a lot of those issues with my uh, my mother as and well in communication. Really and it seems it like really the people closest to us, um, as we begin time, to like, change and adapt and kind of grow through some of this stuff, they have a harder time like in learning to relate with us on a different level. pretty consistently, I love you more than anybody. And it makes me feel really good. But I also know that that's going to fade away. And our relationship's going to develop in a different light. And I feel like sometimes, like my mom is one of those examples where it's just, she wasn't able to transition into something else. You know what I mean? It was just, it's upsetting to her that when I say, well, maybe this is a lesson that you're supposed to be learning. Like, what are you discovering from this? She gets offended by it, you know? So, and she says things that offend me too. It's not just one way. I'm not trying to make her the bad guy. But, but, um, it is hard mm -hmm. for me to be the teacher. Not that I'm trying to be the teacher cause that's not our roles together. But, um, sometimes man, sometimes those old ladies are, are they frustrating? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what. Um, learning that there's really no authority on anything. And like, I'm the authority on my own life to an extent, but even that's subject to revision as I get new information. Mom? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> is um, definitely an experience. So it's hard to put anybody up on a pedestal, really. Um, as they should.
can I can I just chime in real quick because there's something that John said to me in a channeling we did recently about my relation. No, it was about my relationship with my dad. Because I asked him, I was like, how can I help my dad? Because I just want to know like how I can be of support to him because I know he's kind of, he's going through his own stuff, just being retired and kind of trying to figure out what he wants to do and all that. And um, John said something that just was so accurate and I just knew it in my bones and I was like, damn, you're right. He was like, he was like, your father needs support right now. So if you feel strong enough, uh, if you feel strong enough that you can give him that support. Um, but, and I said, well, what does that mean support? And he goes, well, it means you can listen and lend an ear and guess what? You don't always you have so to offer your that. opinion. That's, that and like I was like, and, and, so oh, and then he levels, said, and just and because I your really, dad is doing I things really differently you than you that think that they should be done, wow, doesn't I, mean that you have, you're right. doesn't mean that they're like, wrong right. and doesn't John's mean right. that you I have to offer your it's not my job opinion. To and it just like hit me so hard because I thought back of every conversation I've had with my dad and how, yeah, I do think that like I know better and I do think that like I'm supposed to be offering him advice and I'm supposed yeah. to be like Ambi said, kind of like being the teacher in a certain way. And, and it made me realize how I just constantly kind of reinforced this relationship of like separation and not really hearing him and not really allowing him to just be who he is. Like, I think because I'm on this path of complete transformation that that's how everyone in my life should be. And that's how, mm. you know, and if you're not doing that, then you're wrong. And, and it, it, it just kind of woke me up to like, wow, like he's, there's just something else going on with him and that does not make his path any less valid than mine. It's just, that's what he's going through. And can I be there for him during that? Can I just be supportive? Like, do I need him to do things my way in order to accept him? Or can I just be supportive and see what that relationship holds, like what that holds for, for our interactions? So I don't know. It just kind of reminded me of that. Like, it's challenging. Like it's challenging because you think that everyone is supposed to kind of be doing what you're doing. And we think we're supposed to be offering advice, but I don't know, John just kind of put me in my place and I've been mm. really seeing how that has been true for me. So there was just, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the hard part, right? That's, because it would be so much easier if everybody did what you wanted them to do all the time. <laughs> yeah, I got no a lot from that too. Um, that I think that there's like a, a message in there for everybody who's kind of having issues. And it's one of those things that like, yeah. I, I had a similar thought, but having it put out in such plain and simple terms is that is, is, um, a lot easier to understand but in my personal life like trying to digest why I have such a hard time with relationships with people in general and stuff like that not just my mom or not just family members or anything like that but it's always because uh, I'm either on one side of it where like I accept everything that somebody does like good or bad and different which can be really destructive to me or I like try to control everything and it's like understanding that relationships aren't really so much about getting the person to love you, which is really hard for me to wrap my head around just because of ways that I was raised. But it's about like learning to love that other person and some of their intricacies and like 
not trying to change it and getting comfortable with that. Like it's basic stuff for some people, but for me to realize that like, Oh, so you mean like if I care about you, it doesn't mean you do everything that I want. It's it's like, <laughs> I have to let you be you and you let me be me. And we meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The world would be ruined if everybody did what I yeah. wanted. To. Like everybody thinks exactly. it'd be utopia, not mine. <laughs> exactly. Because that's the thing that I think we overlook sometimes is that like we think we want everyone to change to be how we want them to be. But actually like what we like about that person is the differences. Like that's why we're attracted to them because there's something interesting there. If so, everyone was exactly like us, we would be so bored, like so <laughs> bored. What would be, you know what I mean? I mean, even Ambie and I, we have similarities, but we also have very distinct differences. And I, you know, those differences can drive us both crazy sometimes, but then when we come to a better place or we get into alignment, those differences are things we can really appreciate. And I think that is, but yeah, that is the challenge. I mean, oh my gosh, I struggle with that so much too. So definitely. One last thing and then we can, we can move on unless Ambrosia has something to chime in. This one mentor I have, um, she talks um, about how she's very creative minded and her uh, boyfriend is very kind of like industrious minded. And she always uh, uses this analogy of bees kind of. And it's like, we can't all be uh, like this, this one way you need worker bees uh, and you need all of these other parts of the hive to make everything function. So it's like, we need these diverse Um, elements of um, difference, kind of like you're talking about a for contrast um, to make things better and B because if everybody was like me, shit wouldn't get done. Not everybody like needs to be reading esoteric philosophy and and messing around with tarot. Some um, people need to make roads. He's slowly starting to change his perspective on that. That's so, that's so true. And it reminds me of something that um, my partner said to me, like, I don't know, it was definitely within the past year. He said, you be the dreamer, I'll be the realist. Um, And at the time I remember thinking like, what? Like, no, I don't want, like, I want you to dream with me. But I remember I was like telling, I think I said that to my mom or something. She's like, that's the nicest thing. Like anyone could have ever said to you. Like, that's like the best thing. That's like, you get to be you and be, Put your head in the clouds and dream and create, and he gets to be the anchor and the you know, and and there was no wind dynamics of balance that I think we really overlook. And I know I I don't want to speak for you, Amby, but I know kind of you have a similar thing going, kind of similar thing going on as well. It must be a message. It's really interesting how we all balance each other, and I think yeah, we definitely overlook that quite a bit. So I don't know what I love that. And he's like, no, I was playing with the wind chimes with Oliver, and I was like, oh. Okay, cool. So it didn't mean anything. So it was just that. Okay, cool. Um, but then there, are, it's nice because I bring the magic to him. Like, <laughs> like uh, we had this situation before I, I when I was still very free <laughs> of everything. Um, I actually saw with my physical eyes a little a little girl that had passed away in her house, and that flipped me out. I was like, oh my God, like nobody, nobody come near me. Um, I was just kind of huddled in the corner, kind of trying to wrap my head around what I had seen. And he went downstairs and as he's coming back up the stairs, she grabbed him and he physically felt her grab him. 
And he was like, what the fuck? And like ran upstairs and kind mm. of like sat in the corner with me and was like, what just happened? And I'm like, I don't know. And we're both just sitting there like, holy crap. So, um, so it's different. And then like, I got up the courage and I went and talked to her and it was all fine. Like she was just a child and was just like, Hey, I would like to talk to my mom. But, um, but it's funny, A, how you can let the fear get the best of you, but B, how you balance each other out. And Alexa, you bring that magic <laughs> to your partner and he brings that logic <laughs> to you and same with me, you know? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Sounds good. Hmm. Yeah, I really like how, uh, both of you kind of gave examples of that. And I like the term that Alexa used, dynamics of balance. It sounds like a book title. So you have a book title for yourself right there, Alexa. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll write that one down. I didn't even know that I said that. Okay. What is it like? I like how you're pointing that out because, like, as I'm looking for a partner, I really was like focused more on um, this out there type person. But at the same time, like, I'm beginning to understand. Although I don't do psychedelics anymore, I need like a partner that's almost like a, a 24 7 trip setter. <laughs> because like I, I can get out there a little bit far sometimes so like I'm like a 34 year old toddler with like a better head on my shoulders it's more productive, <laughs> but like I still need somebody to kind of look out for me and keep me grounded and I need to bring the magic into somebody else's life too so yeah you need that person to like reel you in when you get too far out and you need the person you need to uh, you know uplift that other person and expand their reality when they need that I love absolutely that. yeah I'm going to take one more quick break and then we will finish this off because I, I don't want to hold y'all hostage all day. <laughs> Ambie, are you going to channel? I think you should channel. I want to hear John talk to Ross. Okay, we'll, we'll take one quick pause and then Ambrosia can channel and then we'll close it out. Cool. Are you facing questions with no answers or seeking an escape from persistent problems? then enlist the Oracle at Mushin. The Oracle at Mushin provides high-quality tarot and life coaching services at affordable prices. Quickly and easily book online with the link in our description. 
our listeners get a 10% discount off the Oracle at Mushin's already low prices. Use code OFF10. That's OFF10. Seek the solution today. Hello to you both. Hi. Hello. Ross, you can just go for it if you want to talk to or ask any questions. I don't even know what to ask. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any messages for me? We are excited that you asked this question. We do indeed. You have come here before, and this is your first journey here by yourself. The soul family that you have become accustomed to is not here. So it is natural that you feel alone. You're creating new relationships in this dimension, in this time. So it is normal and natural to feel this way. But take this opportunity to develop these soul contracts with individuals. This will not be your last time here. This will be one of many. So expand and grow. You are doing excellent. Is there anything that I need to do in order to help to be more effective in helping others? Just your entity, just your being, your light that shines when you are around individuals is enough. You are always enough. You will always be enough. There is nothing further for you to do or accomplish. You may have goals and that is fine. But just you are enough. Well, thank you. I'm what running other questions. Do you have? I'm running short on questions. I I can't honestly think of anything because I normally just take the day as it comes and see what shakes out. Um, do you have any other messages for me that are are of the utmost importance? Allow yourself to become more playful and silly. Allow yourself to enjoy each moment. But also know that there are moments in time that you need to Seize the day and seize the opportunity that's presented to you. Listen. Listen to your guides. Listen to when they speak to you. It is difficult for you to do this because you are so sweet. Because your being is so sweet. But you doubt. You doubt others, you doubt yourself. So when you hear 
that little voice inside that tells you to write this information down, record this, go right when you should go left, follow the voices, do those little things, don't explain it. Take more opportunity to do what you love. Stop being around people that don't bring you joy. There's no need for this. Do you need any further clarification? No, all that makes sense. I guess I'll ask one question about the book that I'm writing now. Um, so th this is more of a, I guess I'll just say the question. Do you think I should put the uh, tools for self-help in the beginning or after my personal story? It would be better to put them after. Once people start to realize who you are, the information that you have learned, and the information that you therefore can share, it will benefit all. People will listen to someone that they respect and you gain their respect through your story. Hmm. Thank you. I have one last question. Um, is there any guides that I have besides Mushin that I'm not aware of? So many that you're not aware of. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you know any of their names? It is important for you to start to be in touch with the feminine aspect of yourself, the feminine guide that carries the loving, cultivating energy. Hmm. Her name is irrelevant. The information that she has is to nurture and grow. Love unconditionally. Be in nature more. That is the information that is most relevant and important for you in this time. Hmm. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate that. We are blessed to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi. Hey. Hey, oh. Ambrosia. <laughs> oh my God, my hand. Wow. Yeah, thank you for, for channeling John and uh, having letting him share that knowledge through you. I appreciate it. No problem. I'm laughing because I don't think that was John, but no problem. Yeah, that felt different. <laughs> that it, that when, was like a woman. When, yeah, when they said hello, I was like, that's not John. Oh, okay. That's not John. I don't well, know who just, that is. But just well, it's random. not that it's not John. It's just that – so what we've noticed through channeling John is that depending who he talks to, it, it's like it. John – it's like John is – John is the uh, – how do you explain it? It's Teacher. Like, 
Yeah, he's like the one at the front, but depending who's talking to him and depending what you're asking, different entities. It's kind of like Abraham Hicks when they talk about how they're a collection of energy and depending, you know, different energies kind of come forward. That's how it is with John. So it's not that it wasn't John, it's just that it's a different aspect. But yeah, it wasn't norm- like that masculine, very yeah, direct. Here's what's happening. It felt like a woman. It felt very fun and very, um, not that men aren't fun. But it felt (gasps) (laughs) be more offended. Um, It felt very, um, I don't know, just feminine, just very feminine and and nurturing. Hmm. It's interesting you bring that up because, like, one of the things for me, like, especially about the feminine energy on my own personal journey, I was very uh, more in tune with the feminine energy when I started, like, kind of my whole healing process. And then through this whole thing, I've really shifted more to the masculine thing. I've really been focusing on kind of the alchemical wedding or sacred union of unifying those energies. But I do kind of downplay the feminine side. Like I've lost somewhat of my creative bend and like all of that stuff. So that is uh, really good to restore, I guess, because I'm a lot more analytical and, um, process oriented as opposed to like creative and free like I used to be mm-hmm. yeah I think that's a good point that you bring up too about the energy thing like I don't listen to Abraham personally because I just have a hard time with her her presentation and her information but like as regards in regards to like um the energy showing itself in different ways but it uses like it's under the main context of John but it has these different like aspects or personalities that's true for like even people really they just don't go through the the habit of like maybe um changing the name but it's still like i have this element of my personality or that element of my personality and that makes complete sense yeah and when you're around different people they pull out different different aspects like is Mm -hmm. i mean i know i'm that way with some people i feel like this very specific version of myself because they pull that out of me and um but yeah that was very interesting because as soon as he said hello or he said hello to you both i was like that's interesting um (laughs) it, it did feel very light and happy and it was interesting that he was telling you about nurturing that female the feminine guide because i don't know maybe that was I have no idea, but, um, but anyway, how was that information relevant to you or? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's all relevant to where I'm at in in, uh, lots of ways. Like I, one of the things I'm trying to do is incorporate more play. Like I did a, uh, a new moon or new year's ceremony. I do so many different ritual things. I forget which one is which anymore, but, um, (laughs) one of them was like incorporating more play in my life. And it's something that I need to do. Um, because I used to be a very, very playful person. And through this whole process, I've, I've lost some of that because I needed to be more serious, but at the same time, you can't be too serious. Finding like the middle path in all things in life is uh, not the easiest thing to do, but it's unfortunately the task that I've been given um, to the best of my ability to walk that middle path with few exceptions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true for everything because I feel like when you need to open up a new aspect of yourself, you kind of go all in that direction. And then once you get the hang of it, you go like hardcore in that direction when in in actuality, like that's just you getting your sea legs right within mm. that aspect. But then you have to pull back and kind of, again, find that balance where you can have you can have that aspect and you can have the other 
because I, I imagine that like this uh, analytical side of you and this uh, process oriented side of you came out when you were like, I need to get stuff done and I'm really moving forward with this and I'm going to make my, you know, my dreams a reality or I'm going to manifest these things um, to, in order to get more, uh, to, to manifest more, to really bring things into fruition. But now it's time to maybe just pull back slight, slightly and like you said, open up a little more free time for you to get back to integrate the, the play again so you can have both. Absolutely. I, I've really been working on it. Actually, I'm going to turn my, my computer so you can see what I have to the right of me. Like I have a TV and my Xbox and everything to the right of me <laughs> in my office. So like I, I can do my work and then I can take a video game break. So yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. Work and play. Really work and play. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, here's the thing, like I'll take that to such an extreme, like asinine level at times where like when I did my schedule, I broke everything down to like all of these tiers of like, do this much work, then this much play, then this much meditation. And it's like, dude, you have to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to flow a little bit. Yeah. It's nice to have a plan. Definitely. But it's nice. It's I good feel like plan. not living in extremes is probably like a good, it's easier said than done, but it's also like a nice option because you can't, I mean, anything, any extreme is bad. Too much water is bad. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, I feel like once you get that balance of, cause I can go off the rails and be a very extreme person too. Um, but I feel like it's, it's takes time to kind of learn that balance of not going so extreme with everything um everything's not black and white and i'm still learning that now absolutely like for me i have a part of addiction in general is obsession and compulsion and for me it definitely applies to like anything in my life where i'll go to like either extreme and i read something recently um and it was talking about like being a master and a master being able to achieve balance by making subtle shifts and everything and kind of mm. not going from the poles. But the way that we learn how to do those subtle shifts is from going to the extremes. And it's almost like when you think of a, a perpetual motion machine, but if it was to slow down, it would have these big swings and eventually it stays in the center for the most mm. part. Um, and that's kind of where I feel like I'm at. Um, I think most people are in that process. It's just some of us, actively kind of re restart the swinging of it um unintentionally or intentionally <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> definitely when i just really quick to interject i just was thinking about when i first i'm an eft practitioner i didn't say that earlier i don't know why but um when i first started doing sessions with people i literally i got so into it that i was like uh, i was obsessed like i was obsessed with booking booking things with people, even doing things with just, just however I could do a session with someone, I just wanted to do it. And I remember we were talking to, or I, I was doing a reading with you, Ambie, and I was asking like, yeah, so what about my tapping or whatever? And this was like, I don't know, six months ago. And she's like, I just heard the word addicted. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, I definitely am addicted. And it's interesting to see how I pulled back after that. And now it's such a, it's like a pillar of my life, but it's just one element that's kind of like we were talking about earlier, Ross, about juggling all these things, you know, it's just one of the three or four things that I'm juggling now and it's important, but it's not the thing I'm, you know, I'm not addicted to any, any one pillar, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, I definitely get it. Um, so one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is 
your podcast in general. So can you explain Inner Bloom and kind of what it's about and what you talk about on there and all of that good stuff? Yeah. Um, that is okay. important. Yes. Uh, so Inner Bloom is the intention that we had with starting this podcast was twofold. One is to normalize the abnormal because when we came together, we were just two kind of kind of normal people, <laughs> kind of normal girls. Normal-ish. Yeah, normal-ish. Um, talking about something that most people find fairly abnormal. Um, and we, you know, the way that we felt when talking about this, it felt so good to us. And we were like, we want other people to feel feel like this is normal. Like we want other people to know that this is okay. We want other people. And also, you know, given Andy's experience with, you know, being so afraid of her gift growing up and then learning to embrace it, you know, we want to tell that story so that other people don't, you know, don't like can kind of open up quicker and faster. I mean, even I'm opening up quicker and faster because of knowing, you know, because of, of knowing Ambie and, and watching her journey. And, um, and actually I met someone the other day who actually, I met a few people the other day who were, who listened to the podcast and then were talking to me and saying how like they were thanking us and saying how they don't feel crazy anymore. And that that's awesome. So that was one of the intentions. And then the other intention was to help people, um, truly step into their power, you know, truly embrace the gifts and the skills and the inner wisdom that they have and um, to move forward in the direction of what they want to create to stop being a victim and which is, it's okay. We all go through victim mode, but to really take that step into their power that they've been wanting to take, but just have been holding back for whatever reason. Mm. Um, Ambie, do you want to talk about like what we, what we talk about on there? Yeah. So, um, we talk about a lot of like fun stuff. Uh, we do a lot of fun, fun magic the shit. The fun magic <laughs> shit is the title of our latest episode. Um, we do channelings with John. We do listener readings. We do EFT tapping, mini tappings. Um, and it's all to help like everybody's highest good and everybody's highest purpose. It's all to make everybody feel like you're not alone in this. Like whatever, whether you really, really wanted like to be magic or to have magic in your life. Um, and then you realize that there is always magic around you or whether you're like me and you felt crazy and abnormal and like, um, people don't understand and people won't accept you for who you are. We wanted everyone to feel like you have a safe place and that you are, air quote, normal, or there is no normal and that's perfect. Um, and that this is just something that we all go through. This is completely how it should be because um, how everybody deems normal or deems okay is not necessarily how it should be. Like there are so many things that we've normalized in our society that are insane, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things that people love about us is how well we get along with each other. And there's a couple, I think Mondays or like at least twice a month, we will just have episodes of us just bullshitting, just talking about stuff. Um, 
And that's the number one com- the number one compliment we always get is that it feels like you're just sitting with like two of your friends having coffee talking about all this stuff. And I think we love that compliment because that's how it feels to us. You know, it just feels like two best friends just like really just talking and having a really fun conversation. And it feels like we're right there with people and it feels like they're right there with us. And um, and the, uh, the only other thing I just wanted to chime in and say is that we do – the podcast is three days a week. So it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, and yes. And, uh, we also do, if you are interested in channeling with John, the the entity that Ambie just channeled with Ross, um, we have this thing where we do once a month channeling with John. Um, if you want to sign up for our Patreon page, there's a tier in which you'll be entered into a private Facebook group. And then that private Facebook group, we go live in there once a month. Um, with John and then for an hour, everyone can ask what, you know, as many questions as they can in that time period. And, uh, Ross, uh, Ross, sorry, John will answer, answer. And then Ross will answer. And then the Ross will answer. It's a new year. <laughs> Ross doesn't even yes. know about it. <laughs> My answer is always the same anyhow. So <laughs> you can just get a recording of me saying the same that thing. That hour is going to go by real fast. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's, that's very, very um, cool. So who are some of the guests that you've had on? I don't want to ask you to pick favorites, but like, what are the ones that come to your mind right now? Living or deceased? Either or whatever's clever. (laughs) Oh yeah. Gandhi was a really good guest. Yeah. Gandhi was really fun. So was we had Thoth, um, the God, the Egyptian God God. of wisdom. Yeah. He Mm -hmm. was very helpful. He's had a bunch twice. Yeah, he was, he's he's oh, awesome. wow. he's hard to get. He's hard to book. <laughs> yeah, he's hard. He's, he's got a packed schedule, but we uh, we made it happen. He, he likes us. Um, <laughs> um, but living, we've had um, Sydney Campos was on. Um, we had Larry. oh yeah, he goes by something else now. Larry Armstead. Larry Armstead. He's fancy now. Yeah, our guests love him. He's he's just very interesting. Uh, so he would be he would be a good one to check out. Um, and we've had some interesting people, all who have like very Brandon interest- Beecham's been on. Yes, Brandon from Positive Head has been on. I'm Ross sure nobody's will, heard of him. Ross will be on soon. We yeah. hope. Yeah, I definitely will at some point for sure. Yeah. Yeah. When we're always look also, if you're listening to this, we're always looking for like interesting people with, you know, interesting stories to come on. Um, people, you know, who fit into any, any, who have something to talk about, about stepping into your power or normalizing the abnormal or their own experiences, you know, whether you're just an average Joe or, you know, you have a whole thing going. We, we love like hearing those stories and, and talking to you. So reach out to us at um, innerbloompodcast at gmail.com. Very cool. And what are your other links? And I'll put descriptions and links to everything in the in the description as well. That was a really weird mouthful of what I just said. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> uh, the other, like, you can find us on Instagram, which is at Inner Bloom Podcast. You can find us on Facebook um, at Inner Bloom Podcast. We also have a private Facebook group for our listeners, which is Inner Bloomers. So you just have to search uh, Inner Bloomers on Facebook and we'll add you. Um, where else are we? Ambie is on Instagram. Where are you, Ambie? Oh, I just changed it. Ambrosia I'm... Matthews Intuitive. That's yes, thank you. Good and- gracious. <laughs> and I am Alexa Soothes on Instagram, S-O-O-T-H-E-S. Uh, and then you could just search our names on Facebook. Yep. 
you could just search our names, Alexa Hauser and Ambrosia Matthews, and you should find us. Okay, very cool. Um, I'm going to have to have you both on again at some point, maybe separate and collectively again, because there is so much stuff we could talk about and yeah. time is so limited. Um, <laughs> is, awesome. One of the things I like to ask guests to do is kind of close us out with a message. Um, so you two can figure out what the message is or both of you can say a message if you'd like. Oh my gosh, I know thank what my message is. Thank you both so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. For you. Having us. This has been so fun. It's our yeah, first actual it. interview together. So Wow. Yeah. Ambie, do you want to go first with your message? Yes, my message. (laughs) Whoa, sorry. This is uh, been coming in very, very, very clearly for me for like the last uh, two weeks. And it's simple. Um, Evolve or repeat. Mm. Mm, Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to explain that. But okay, there's no one I mean, you you want me to explain it? I just evolve or repeat. I mean. Get it together. No, Um, (laughs) that's the explanation. No, I'm actually thinking about writing a blog about it. But anyway, um, so essentially, if you don't evolve from the situation that you're in or the thought processes that you're going through, if you just keep thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do this, or why am I doing this, or how is this happening, or blah, 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 all the shit that we all think, then you're going to keep repeating it. It's just that's how it works. That's how all of this works. We either move past it or we continue to go through it. And it's been said so many different ways in so many different languages and so many different cultures, but it all comes down to like that basic three word evolve or repeat. Mm, It's good. Yeah, very good. Um, okay. I kind of have two. I hope that's not cheating, but I, (gasps) Um, okay. So one of them is um, one of them is never underestimate the power that you have, um, the influence that you have on others just by being you. Because I've just been experiencing this a lot lately where I, I lead tapping circles once a month at this healing arts collective in Philadelphia where I live. And I just had one two nights ago. And I uh, and it went really well this one I just did but afterwards I was like beating all up on myself over it for no reason I was like oh I shouldn't have said that or oh like that part wasn't good enough you know just like things that you know just old old patterns coming back in and then I got um I got an email from one of the girls there who actually is listening to our uh, podcast now oh I just forgot we weren't on our podcast or on your first podcast never mind okay (laughs) it's cool (laughs) same difference yeah maybe she'll hear it so and she wrote me this like literally like an essay about how that thing that I was beating up on myself for saying which is actually to her she was like oh and when you said that that changed my world like that like that specific thing thank you so much because I needed to hear that and da 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 and it just was this reminder like you never you know we beat up on ourselves all the time but like actually other people are experience they're experiencing and hearing and receiving what they need to receive and if we would just relax a little more we would we would be able to see that, but instead, you know, we kind of beat up. So that's one message is just like, never underestimate the power that you're, the influence that you're having on someone else. Um, what was the thing? What was the thing you said? I don't know. I was just telling her Excellent. like, not, I was, it was something nice, but it was, but I was judging myself for saying it. I, I don't know. It was my own weird stuff. But the other thing okay. that I wanted to share was, um, 
this is, I saw this on Instagram and I posted it and I just love this because it's so appropriate for me. Take massive and perfect action towards your goals because the time will never be just right. And mm. for me, that is like, that has to be like my mantra because I am, and Ambi knows this about me, I will make excuses till the end of time why something just, the time just isn't right or it's not perfect enough. I'm like always, that's always kind What? So take massive imperfect action. I just love that. Take massive imperfect action. Like just know that it's imperfect and embrace it. Like you're getting something done is so much better. Putting something out there, creating something and just continuously working on it is such a better feeling than saying you're going to do something and never doing it. You know, mm-hmm. you got to get the ball rolling. So take massive imperfect action. That's a good one. I like that one. Those are, those are all amazing points and those are all really good things to instill in your life. Um, Ladies, thank you so much again. Have a very blessed day. Thank you, Ross. This is amazing. You as well. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please visit the links in the description below. You can support this podcast through PayPal, Patreon, Venmo, Anchor, or through our shop and services.